Good morning, and welcome to our live broadcast at First Presbyterian. It is a joy to come into your home today with good news about God who loves you. If you're ever in Uptown Columbus, we invite you to stop by and say hello. We'd love to see you, have you worship with us. We'll make you feel like family. At First Presbyterian, we are family. Learning together, growing together, worshiping together. Invite those who are able to please stand for our first lesson. It is from Psalm 27. And listen now to the Word of God. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me, to devour my flesh, my adversaries and foes, they shall stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise up against me, yet I will be confident. One thing I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will set me high on a rock. Now my head is lifted up above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. And I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. Come, my heart says, seek his face. Your face, Lord, do I seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger, you who have been my help. Do not cast me off. Do not forsake me, O God of my salvation. If my mother and father forsake me, the Lord will take me up. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Do not give me up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they are breathing out violence. I believe that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Once again, all who are able are invited to stand out of respect to God's words. We hear it read from the Gospel of Matthew and continue in our sermon series, The Way of Blessedness, as we look at these teachings of Jesus Christ. Listen for God's word. And Jesus sat down and began to teach them, saying, 
Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. How strange these beatitudes sound to our ears. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for there shall be the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And this morning we hear Jesus say, Blessed, content, at peace, full of joy are those who are meek, for they shall inherit the earth. What does this mean? Well, clearly we need help to understand the rich truth of God's Word. We need help to understand God's Word, which is life to our souls. And so let us once again go to the One who gives us this help that we need and let us ask for it in prayer. Will you pray with me, please? Oh, loving Lord, Your Word is truth. Your Word is life. Your Word is sharper than any two-edged sword Dividing good from evil, life from death, light from darkness. Yet your word is just words, ink on a page without your Holy Spirit. So send your Spirit now to still our anxious, selfish, haughty, hurting hearts of stone. Give us hearts of flesh by your Spirit hearts ready to receive Your Word, to understand Your Word, to live Your Word for Your glory and for Christ's sake, now and forever. Amen. So what does Jesus mean when Jesus says, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth? To realist, these words sound strange. They do not make any sense for all of us know that to achieve anything, to acquire anything, to be successful, you have to go get what it is that you want. You have to push your way. You have to fight your way. You have to insist on your way to get ahead and to be successful. Blessed are the self-assertive and the intimidating the wisdom of the world says, for they shall get what they want. And I think we all would agree that the earth seems like it is reserved for those who take it by force. The world holds a crude faith in external power. By the world's standards, meekness is weakness. Yet these words from our beatitude today come from the lips of our Lord Himself. And maybe there is something in this meekness that we need to understand. It's clear that Jesus thinks so. So the place to begin is what does Jesus mean by meekness? Well, clearly what Jesus means is not about weakness. It's not lack of spine or living a colorless, characterless life. As a matter of fact, the only two people that Scripture describes as meek are Jesus Himself 
and Moses from the Old Testament. Neither one of those do I think we would characterize as spineless, colorless, or weak. To understand what Jesus is imparting to us, we must look at the history of the Word, go back to the Greek, and go back actually to the Greeks themselves. The Greeks prized what was called the golden mean. Every virtue has a mean between two extremes. The extreme of being full of anger and being void of anger. Meekness is finding that balance, that mean between the two extremes. And so here we see the meek person is not one who is so gentle and passive that they do not know anger. Rather, the one who is meek is the one who is angry at the right time and not angry at the wrong time. And so we ask, when is the right time to be angry? When is the wrong time to be angry? Well, to understand this, we can look at Jesus' life Himself. In Mark's Gospel, early in Jesus' ministry, Jesus is in the temple and He encounters a man with a hand who is withered. He is a cripple. And Jesus goes on the Sabbath day to make this one well, to make this one whole. And Jesus senses what it is the Pharisees are thinking and feeling. He discerns their thoughts, their hearts. And the Scriptures say that Jesus looked upon them with anger. We can look again at the end of Jesus' ministry from John's Gospel. When Jesus is in the last week of His life, He has already set His face to the cross. Jesus enters the, the temple, and there He is enraged by what He finds in His Father's house. Desecration. Buying and selling. People using His Father's house for everything but what it was intended for, to be a house of prayer. And Jesus, we are told, fashions a cord, a whip made out of cords, and He clears the temple of the money changers, overturning the tables and releasing the animals that were there to be bought and sold for sacrifice. Maybe there is something that we can gain from looking and studying the life of Jesus in His meekness. We can also look at Moses by the same token. Moses would never have been described, as I said, as a wallflower or a doormat. Moses, the one chosen by God to go and stand and face Pharaoh and say, you will let my people go. And then by God's grace and favor to lead Moses as he led God's people out of their bondage through the sea into the wilderness for 40 years to the verge of the promised land. Meekness is finding that golden mean, that balance between the extremes. A second meaning for the word meek is think with me about the taming of a wild animal. Or when you speak of horses in particular, breaking. I don't like that word so much. It is more harnessing the animal. When I grew up, we were able to live in a arrangement where we had a few little acres around the house, and so we had some horses. It kept me and my sisters out of trouble to be 
dealing with horses, just to ride on trails and pleasure. And I remember that my sister got a horse, a beautiful animal, tall and strong, with Arabian and Tennessee Walker blood, but we bought the horse and it had never been broken. And I have imprinted on my mind watching a skilled trainer harness that animal from all of its wildness, all of its fury, all of its uncontrolled strength and power, and bringing it over time to having the, the character of a kitten. I'll never forget seeing her name was Babe, standing there with a saddle on her back, a bridle in her mouth, and all of her beauty and all of her power. An animal brought under control of the one who rides it is, 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 is beautiful in all of its fullness. All the power and the spirit of the animal are still there, bringing it under the control of the rider so that it can be used and be enjoyed. Meekness is taming the wild animal within us so that we can be controlled and put to work by God in God's kingdom. Lastly, meekness has to do with humility, akin to the poverty of ego that we mentioned last week. It is the submission of the cre creature to the Creator, acknowledging a living dependence upon our Father God. It's true, no teacher can teach a student that already knows everything. Not even God can do anything for a person who already knows it all. Nor does God have anything to offer one who has no sense of their own need. It's like unto what you may have, have, have heard said, not even God can drive a car that is in park. But meekness is putting our lives into neutral and turning over the direction of our lives for God to do with us what He will. And so humility is meekness. A meekness that is willing to, to admit its needs, to acknowledge its shortcoming, and to confess its sins. The meek is where the wrong is corrected. To confess sin is to know blessedness, for it opens us up to truth, truth about ourselves, truth in relationship to others, and truth in our relationship with God. The meek He will guide in judgment, says the psalmist, and the meek He will teach His way. Meekness is a teachable spirit. Becoming critical and defensive of the person who may correct us, and we are called to correct one another in love as we speak the truth. But being critical in defenses of one who comes to us with correcting our behavior or pointing out a reality to us in our lives is to say to the one who corrects, well, you're not perfect either. What's the big deal anyway? Who do you think you are correcting me? Jeannie. This 
is an attitude of arrogance and rudeness. But meekness is not bitter, and it is not vengeful towards the other. Even when our shortcomings are pointed out to us, the meek do not get defensive. Instead, they hear the truth in love, and they say, you are right. That is an aspect of my life that I do need to change. And would you help me in bringing about that change? Covering our sin is not meekness. Denying our sin is nothing but pride. In the hard word, there is life. In the loving truth, there is growth. This is the way of holiness. It is the way of blessedness. I heard someone speak a hard word just this past week. I was traveling down to Valdosta for a Presbyterian Homes of Georgia board meeting, and I had a lot of time in the car, and so I had an opportunity to listen to a lecture on CD. And in listening to the wisdom that was being imparted, I heard a person say this, and I was convicted. The person said, it seems to me that there may be some Presbyterians who are more concerned about being Presbyterian than they are Christian. And there are some Christians who are more interested in being Christian than they are being followers of Jesus Christ. And I had to rewind it and listen again and examine myself. Because the person went on to say that the world that we live in today is one in which people are not so concerned about whether you're a Presbyterian, a Methodist, an Episcopalian, or whatever it may be. They're not even concerned so much about you being a Christian. And the person's point was Christianity turns a lot of people in the world off But what they are interested in is what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ because the world that does not know Jesus is interested in Jesus. And following Jesus means being meek. And meekness is placing our will in line with the will of God. And it is saying, Oh God, flow through me and make me strong to do Your will. Meekness is Moses standing before Pharaoh and saying, let God's people go. Meekness is seen in Jesus Christ standing before the worldly power of Pilate and in His silence but the power of His presence saying, stop me if you can, but God's kingdom has come and it is coming. Meekness is Peter and John in chains, but saying to the authorities of Jerusalem as they were in prison, we will be beholden to no one but God. Meekness is Martin Luther standing in front of the council at Worms when he was on trial and saying, my conscience is bound by the Word of God. Here I stand. I can do no other. God help me. 
Meekness is not fear of man, but it is fear. It is awe and respect of God. And meekness helps us know ourselves in relationship to the righteousness of God. It is saying with the psalmist, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Meekness is not weakness. It is strength. And so what of this meekness? The meek who will inherit the earth? Many of us still try to possess everything. To gain everything by our own efforts. To get as much as we can. But have we not all seen the person who is on the journey of life? Who is always pushing to be at the front of the line? To always get the best seat? And upon reaching the destination to hail the first cab? To get to the hotel to get the best room? And typically they get all of these things, do they not? But Jesus says, verily, verily, I say to you, they already have their reward. And those who go about living life in this way never really enjoy the journey, much less what they are able to gain. Jesus has something more in mind for us as children. And it's not about what we can grab and gain as we grumble through life. It's not about what we possess, Jesus says, but it is what we inherit. And what we inherit is not what we grab, but what is given to us as a gift. No inheritance is gained, but it is given. And Jesus gives us the world, gives us His Spirit, and we enjoy the fruit of the Spirit and the living of this life in these days. A spirit of love, of joy, of peace, of patience, of kindness, of gentleness, of goodness, of faithfulness. A spirit of self-control. Our wealth is in the treasure of our relationships, being at peace with ourselves and others, and at peace with God. Meekness does not mean that we get angry at, at the wrongs that are done against us and the injustices served against ourselves. And we do not hold grudges when we know the strength of meekness. There's an old pastor whose name is John Redhead. I don't know if he had a red head, but I think it would be appropriate, and I envision him with red hair. And he tells this story. He tells the story of one of his pastor friends who had a woman come to him. And this pastor did not know this lady. And she came saying, Pastor, I have no peace in my heart. Can you help me find peace in my heart? And the pastor began to ask her some questions. Are you carrying a guilty conscience? Are you holding grudges? Do you have hatred for someone in your heart? And the woman answered no to all of those questions. And so the pastor suggested, why don't we call God into this conference that we are having? And so they bowed their heads in prayer, and the pastor began to pray. 
Oh God, this woman wants peace in her heart. And she says that she is not guilty of any unconfessed sin. She says that she is not holding anything in her heart and no grudges against anyone. And then he prayed, but Lord, I don't believe her. But I don't know her. But you do. And at that point in the prayer, the woman spoke out loud these words, I do not hate her anymore. The pastor went on to finish his prayer. And then he asked her, you don't hate whom anymore? And she went on to confess to him her resentment, the grudge, that she held against her mother-in-law that was robbing her of peace in her heart and joy in her life. But from that moment on, she began to walk in a fuller joy and contentment through her penitence, through her confession, and finally to the peace that she sought, which is the way of blessedness. And here is the essence of meekness of which Jesus speaks that we may be at peace with ourselves, peace with our brothers and sisters, and be in right relationship with God. Meekness is letting go of our own way and receiving the blessing of God's way. It is saying, O God, do with me and make of me what You will. It is knowing God is sovereign and gracious and very good and that we can trust this loving God. Yet when we seek to impose our own will upon life, we will resent any interference with our own plans. And we will ultimately find ourselves out of sorts in our spirit, in our relationships, and with God. And our castle of sand is dashed to pieces by the first little wave of misfortune. How much better it is to see God's world as bigger than we are. How much more joyful is it to see God's purpose larger than our own. To trust that God works good in all things by the love of God's Son as our gracious Savior. In this way, in this life, all of God's resources then are at our disposal for His will, for His purpose to be worked out through us. And this is the heart of meekness. And it is in this way that we find joy. I want to close with this story. Another story that I came across in researching this passage, it's a story about the founder of the Salvation Army, William Booth. And late in his life, he lost his sight due to an illness. And his son Bramwell came to break the news to his father that he would never see again. And William Booth said to his son, you mean I am blind? And his son replied, I fear we must, we must contemplate that. The father said, I shall never see again? No, probably not, Dad. At this, William Booth, it is told, moved his hand in the darkness to find the hand of his son and he grasped it. And he said, Bramwell, 
I have done what I could for God and God's people with my eyes, and now I will do for God and God's people without my eyes. And he went on to live in courage and boldness and power and faithfulness for the rest of his years. Was there resentment there? No. Was there bitterness there? No. Was there acceptance there? Yes. And with it, a peace that is the blessedness of meekness, which is the way of Jesus Himself. Will you pray with me, please? Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Melt us, mold us, fill us, and use us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Amen.